Welcome back to the Big Water Podcast. We've got season two rolling good here, and producer dude's going to kind of be stepping in. If you haven't listened to some of the other stuff, we're going to have him basically rope us back in a little bit, right, producer dude? That is correct. How well has it worked for you for the last 11 years that we've been shooting TV uh, stuff and video? It's been a little tenuous at times. Is it like nailing jello to a tree? Um, at times. Well, I got a feeling that our guest we've got, Doug from Fish USA, who's one of the sponsors I've worked with for quite a while, is probably going to say it's also like nailing jello to a tree. It, I, I would guess so. I've got some big news first, though. I, oh. I, I have some big news. This came across just this morning. Oh, I don't like what he does this. And, but. and it's, it was came in an email, and I just want to announce, uh, I got an email saying you are now in position 241 <laughs> on Apple Podcasts in the wilderness category. Wow, that seems like a shitty deal. <laughs> so it doesn't say out of how many, so I have no idea. But you're two forty one. Two forty one. Yes. Well, he, he didn't want to tell me this beforehand. I can imagine why. I mean, yeah, is there 245 people? Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll are are we going to blame the producer or the host or I mean the talent or? Uh, we'll have to look. Or, or is this a good thing? I, we will do some research and we'll let everybody know whether this is a good thing, a medium thing, or because when you say wilderness category, yeah. like, are we up against like, um, you know, Bob the gorilla? Like, is well, there like probably be beating you? Is there a San Diego Zoo like yeah, yeah. podcast? Yeah, I don't know, but I'm just reporting what I got on the email. So, well, uh, how do people find your podcast? Big Water Fishing. That's that's an interesting thing. Bigwaterfishing.com. Yeah. It's on there. It's on Big Water Fishing YouTube. We've got it linked pretty much through Facebook. At this point, if you're not googling, you know. We do everything at Big Water Fishing, but going to jail so far. Yeah, and we almost did once, if you remember that. We did during a show. Actually, yes. Sheriff did come. Yes. Yeah, there was... So who do we have today? We have Doug Straub from Fish USA, which I know you've done some stuff. We've worked and done quite a bit of work with Fish USA, the partner of mine, um, America's Tackle Shop. Doug, what's the, what's the word? What's going on, Ross? How you doing? Well, I mean, we found out, just if you weren't listening, we're 241 as we just start, you know, the podcast is newer, but I don't know if that's good or bad in the big picture of things, um, but I guess I don't care, you know? I mean, is there like, what, is there like 440, how many five? did you say? Five? <laughs> I don't okay, know. right. But here's the deal, Doug. I look at it like I want to be the G. Loomis NRX. I don't want a thousand customers. I want that. We're the Maserati. Um, I don't know about that, man. We're like, we're like we're like the hipsters, Doug. Not everybody, you know. We don't want everybody to like us. Screw you. <laughs> exactly. Love it. Love it. Uh, I, you know, secretly, I'm a little more brash and blunt about it. But you're 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 not too far off from me. You know that. No, not at all. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised you even cracked uh, a thousand. I mean, you're pretty. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. I don't know how you even got to into the two hundreds. Yeah, I, I will take that as a backhanded compliment just so I don't smoke both of you and the producer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the bearded child. What's, what's going on out in Port Clinton area? Oh, man, we've been fishing. Um, we just shot another deal, which is, I mean, it may get me fired from everything. That's how I know it's good. <laughs> I mean, how you haven't gotten fired from Fish USA yet is kind of beyond me. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. How I even got hired. I mean, I let's just let's just go to the time that you're like flying. I mean, one of the first times I literally ever met Ross. When we get out of this meeting, you know, we have our you know we'll have our annual our meeting, and you know, I go back to my desk and head into the warehouse, and there goes Ross on a pallet jack, scooting down an aisle, 
just waiting for OSHA to come stop by. I'm thinking, oh, God, here we go. So, yeah, you never know what you're going to get yourself into with Ross in the building. Do you remember when I had some of the other marketing people and I had this idea we wanted to shoot some clips? And and this <laughs> this is going back a long ways. And, and, and in fairness, I mean, Fish USA always, I mean, they're by fishing people. I mean, I don't have enough good things to say about you, truthfully. But in the early days, like, you know, putting everything together because the e-commerce thing, you know, it, it's not like today, right? Is that fair? No. So no, it, it's not 100%. And in the early days, you know, with different people and as that, you guys were almost growing so big and so fast that you couldn't keep up with it. And, you know, I have all these outlandish ideas and you're always rolling your eyes about just about every meeting that I'm in with that. And that's fine. But I remember going to a couple of the girls there at the time in marketing and I'm like, hey, I want to shoot this clip where I'm like, hey, if Fish USA, we just don't stop for anything and we're just always going or whatever it was. Because you guys have, I mean, to see the boxes that go out of there on a daily basis is insane. I can remember one of the times, it was maybe the second year I was with you guys, and I looked and I remember with the owner and a couple of the guys there, I said, man, I said, that seems like an awful lot of augers that you guys would have on hand. Like, geez. And I remember it was either you or one of the guys saying, no, those are going out. Those are, those are sold. And I'm like, oh my God, like this is, this is a different level. You know what I mean? Like people that are in the business and they think they're selling a lot of stuff. Like you guys are moving stuff like crazy. But anyway, any rate, back to then, I got this idea. I took the, <laughs> the shrink wrap. You remember this? Oh, and, yeah. I, and you were, and you were like trying to be all PC cause you hadn't been on camera that much at that point either. Right. And I start wrapping him folks with shrink wrap as he's doing this. He's literally packing a box. I mean, I've been there in days at Fish USA where the owner is in the back packing boxes because just you guys are trying to keep up with stuff. And here I start wrapping shrink wrap around and you played it like a champ because you're just like, I don't know where the f this is going, but <laughs> <laughs> that was the look I saw. And in that video, I mean, people that, you know, they loved it because it was just me being me and throwing stuff around. But I know there's been several times there where I'm like, they didn't know what to say. And so they just let it fly. And no, it's, it's, uh, it's good to have fun. And, you know, that's one thing I will say it's with all the pro staff and really just the employees in general, we, we do like to have fun. It's a very family oriented business. Um, everything about fish USA is so great, but you know, even again, it's an extension of our pro staff. They're all extensions of our family. You know, we don't go into anything that, you know, we think is going to be a short term deal. We go into it with the intent that, you know, we want to align ourselves with people, um, for the long term. And, uh, we, we like to have fun and that's, that's always a positive thing. And certainly someone like you, I don't know if you're fun or not, but, uh, you're at least to keep things a little bit lively. So let's back up a little bit because it's fun. It's, it's easy for me to work with fish USA too, because you guys do a good job. Like the word in the street, everything's good, but let's talk about back in before a little bit. So even when you were working for fish USA on the weekends, I mean, just to show your involvement in fishing, you were, you were running guide trips pretty much every weekend, right? Yeah, no question. So I, I uh, you know, my, my uh, professional fishing career, I, you know, I worked at the charter boats, kind of how you, you, you started Ross. I mean, you know, fishing with, you know, again, some amazing people that I still fish with today, um, you know, on the weekends, you know, in college, all through uh, high school and, th and through college and even in through Fish USA up until about a year ago, I fished every single weekend, you know, charter fishing on Lake Erie. And uh, I won't trade, you know, there's, there's pros and cons. I, you know, I love fishing. Well, always, it's always in my passion. It's always in my roots. Um, you know, again, I have backed off of it a little bit over the last year or so, but it really helped me understand and be part of and connect with the fishing community community. And I think that's, what's so unique about our, our staff and our people here is we do try to connect with the anglers. We're not just 
out just reading stuff on the internet. We actually do this stuff. And I think that's helped us so immensely along the way uh, in our growth. And um, I look forward to it. We're going to continue to keep fishing and, and having fun. Now, talking about charters, you know, because we like to keep this lighthearted, you know, I just spray stuff out there. Charter guys have to be some of the whiniest guys on the planet. I mean, they're kind of like girls with stuff, right? Oh, to be frank, they're little bitches sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no question. Boom. I mean, Boom. I, and it's it's funny. I was it's it's interesting to see the progression through the fishing season. Like everybody's so gung ho and you know wants to be around each other for the first you know couple months, and then come you know in our neck of the woods, you know our walleye season starts winding down in September, October. Everybody's at each other's throats. They hate each other, and you know it's just funny how it, it all it all circulates. But man, some of the drama that goes on in the in the fishing industry. Uh, especially on Lake Erie. It's crazy to me. Yeah, by April something, when guys don't have enough trips on the books, according to them, they start all of a sudden offering 90% off and then yeah. price cutting. So everybody in the marina wants to cut them in two. And, oh, know. yeah, and, and that's that's the reality. And, and unfortunately, I don't think that's ever going to go away. It goes back to the people that want to make a quick buck. And, you know, whether you're, regardless of the business that you're in, you know, you know stay true to what you do. Um, I don't like seeing the cutthroat charter business and no, no different than what you like to see on, you know, selling fishing tackle online. Everybody wants to have a uh, fair playing field and uh, it's definitely, it can get a little out of hand uh, in the charter scene. I know I've seen it, you know, firsthand, you know, people, you know, cut $200 off their trips. Why are you doing that? What's the purpose or the need to do that? You don't have to do that. Um, and in the, in the sad reality of what these people don't know is that you're just going to put yourself out of business, plain and simple. Over time, you keep doing that. You're setting a standard um, that's not sustainable. And it's unfortunate. A lot of people don't see it that way. They view it as a quick way to make a dollar. And, you know, it can be a little bit – it is frustrating for people that are in it for the long term. And I do feel for those folks that, you know, do, you know, truly – have to make a living off of fishing and and that is you know, that's the reality and unfortunately um you know i hope it gets better i don't i don't you know with the way the population is on lake erie there's only more people getting into it more people more oh. charter captains you know thinking that you know there's a, a lot of money to be made in in charter fishing and the sad reality is when you really break it down it's it's a tough business no question about it we've had the guys from the state on the podcast before and they say that the the number of licensed guide permits is through the roof but then also i know the bootlegging deals going on too you know just crazy like but um i'll tell you, you got i i know i mean i'll share a story with you if you want to but even though it's about doug today everybody's heard me because i never stop talking Russ, it's always about you i, I mean never come on stop talking but when no, I got, you're it's, just, secretly, it's who you are. It's who you are. You secretly are a Jabberjaw too. And <laughs> so I was on Meat Eater doing their podcast and, you know, they're like, so tell us a story. And they literally would have their jaws around the ground. Now that group has been there, done that. Like, you know, Miles has, is a past guide himself. And he was like, what? He's like, dude, the Great Lakes must only be second to Florida for just psycho stuff that happens. And I'm telling about, you know, people poop in here and, you know, I mean, just, you know, taking dogs and you know i mean drunk guys just the weather i mean across the board there's so much stuff that happens that people are always like oh you live such an exciting life i'm like no it's just if you do anything long enough like this you just come across just some craziness but um i might probably somehow just have some type of horseshoe that doesn't give me luck but accentuates the insanity 
I seem to be in the middle of just craziness. And when you run around guys like Big Head, um, you know. We should. We need to get him on here. I'm telling you, I think that would be a classic. You, you two s- in a boxing match? You two in a boxing match would be priceless. Little, I told you back in the day, you know, I picked him up, believe it or not. I know people call me out, but I mean, that's a fact, 100%. I'll be oh, alive. That's probably why you're back. That's probably why you have back problems. Yeah. That, oh, that right there. That day my back's at F you. <laughs> So I've never met this big head guy. You yeah. talk about him all the time. Who, who's this big so, head? Yeah, Doug, how how do you, like, if you, the, the authorities are here, how do you describe big head? Oh, man. So I met big head through, we met together. That's how I'm, weren't you with, with Bob when you came to Fish USA? Uh, you were looking for Ronoskis, correct? You got it. It's, so that is the first time I ever met. When I met you and Big Head, I just that just kind of dawned on me. You know, that was the first time I, we. I, that, I swear that. to God, I so, told you the nutheads follow me. So, so how that you know it's funny because uh, Keith Ashbaugh, who's another mutual friend of ours, is, is really good friends with Bob, and that's how I got to know Bob a little bit better because Keith is he's from up here, he fishes up here a lot, and I got to know Bob a little bit more. Great guy, um, just man. He can. Uh, he he is. Very he might be the the most stubborn dude I've ever met in my life. No doubt, no doubt. Love him to death, though. And we and we call him Big Head. Just so everybody wonders if you watch some of the, like old hook shots videos or something where the camera guy didn't want to get in the boat because of the look he had. He was like, "Why are you filming me, boy?" But he has a huge head. That's why we call him Big Head. There's no other reason. It People is, are always no. like, "Why do you call him Big Head?" I'm like, "Are you blind? This dude's melon cannot be held by a ball cap." Yeah. No, not at all. It, uh, yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's good. There's no, there's no hat that can possibly fit his head. The <laughs> no, correct he's way, hundred like percent. Yeah, he actually named, believe it or not, because I, I'm the one that started calling him Big Head, of course, and he now he named his business, and he, you know, he runs with us, uh, but he named his actual legal business Big Head Fishing. <laughs> He needs to get his boat wrapped with that. That'd be good. Oh, big old bobblehead. I would have thought Ross's no name for his charter would have been Big Head Fishing, but maybe for a different reason. <laughs> wow. Wow, man. Chuck's oh, going to be, right, Chuck's gonna be a, let's move on. Chuck's gonna be a little late this let's month, producer dude. Move on. <laughs> give, give us, I mean, just we could probably do a podcast on Big Head stories. But in no fairness, you, you give me one that stands out that you've done. I, I mean, I don't care what it is, but... People love hearing these guide stories, man. I mean, I've done them, like I said, for Field Stream, Meat Eater, and when, and when we put them in there, they're always a huge hit. Yeah. I, you know, you know, I, I, I've been, to be very honest, I've been blessed with the the, the people that I've fished with over the years. Had some great, great Don't people. Don't start schmoozing. You know, you know no, you've no, had some no, insanity. No. Listen, the, the one that sticks out to me, and it has actually impacted me the most, I mean, it, it did impact me the most, was getting struck by lightning on a boat. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Struck by lightning on a boat. So, so it's you know we got we got out. We were fishing. Uh, we were walleye fishing. Storm was coming. Long story short, um, we get back to the dock and it just opens up. Total clients are still at the boat. You know, I'm I'm literally standing on the motor box and we're I'm fishing. We fish out of a twenty. We were, at the time we were fishing out of a twenty seven foot sport ground. And I was just getting back into the boat and I had my hand on a rocket launcher and. I was standing on the motor box and this bolt of lightning hit the dock and I literally, I put me right down and I was, I was out for a few seconds. It wasn't horrible by any means, but that was something that has always stuck with me as from, a, from just fishing in general. Like we made it back to the dock. We were, we were safe, tied up, but you never know what's actually going to happen. 
you really don't. Uh, you got to take the weather very seriously. You got to take the lake very seriously. And, uh, you know, it's always good to have fun, but you better know when Mother Nature says it's time to go, it's time to go. And again, we made it back very safely. It was an unfortunate situation. I ended up perfect. I'm perfectly fine. No issues or side effects whatsoever. But that's probably the craziest moment for me that I can remember. That's pretty that, crazy. That, that sticks to me. I can still remember the day, what I was wearing. It's one of those moments that you just don't forget. I didn't see the producer. Did you see that coming? No, I did not. I mean, I was thinking like a drunk guy. A drunk story is always, <laughs> or, or a girl trying to do right. something crazy. Like oh, yeah. I mean, we've had, I mean, we've had, I mean, I've seen strippers on the boat. I've seen just about everything <laughs> now you're talking i mean now that's exciting and some of these things you totally get blindsided by you don't even know what's happening it's just like okay i guess this is what's going to happen today um but you know it there's some crazy things that happen on lake erie on a daily basis and um you got to take it you got to take it very seriously at the end of the day it's, it's all about having fun but you know you got to be very serious about it too yeah, and you, you know Lake Erie i mean ross can is out there a lot i've lived near lake erie my whole life those storms those storms come up, and that lake is so shallow. For those that don't know, Ross, I mean, what what happens on Lake Erie when a storm comes up? I on? think we talked about my all-time story on, on the Steve Pollock podcast. If somebody wants a good podcast, one of my favorites was with Steve Pollock, aside from talking about him standing on a toilet in Zimbabwe or something yeah, to right. not get arrested. <laughs> right. But yeah, Lake Erie, I mean, dude, I'm a pretty wild, crazy guy with stuff, but people are always amazed at how I get crazy with stuff about safety because i know what the end result is whether it's ice fishing or i've had like i've killed trips like immediately and people are like oh no we'll pay extra stay don't I'm like we are out now and i'm like don't put the rods away we're and we're coming in and you know things like the phone back a lot of where these stories took place was before we had you know radar on our phone or on the boat um or at least in the way that we do now and these storms that I've, I've been in storms where people have died and people thought I was dead. And I, there's been, I mean, it's serious. Like, you know, my group, I mean, big has been with me for, we found a couple bodies. I mean, this is serious stuff. The lake takes no prisoners. If you don't, I don't fear Lake Erie because I'm prepared. I have a lot of experience, but I promise you, I respect the hell out of it. And there's a big no difference question. there. You, you, you yeah, can't fear it, it when it, you do what I do. And you know what, you know, it's also, uh, you, you really have to be, just thinking about everything you know one thing that i've seen a lot uh fishing and when the storm does come up everybody's instinct is to run in well sometimes that you're better off staying out you really need to be paying attention to which way that storm's going because if you're running right into the storm that's not a smart thing to do so sometimes it is does pay off to actually to look at it and does it make sense ask yourself does it make sense to actually stay out here because it's going to put us in a better situation that's the Really good charter captains think about those things. Uh, really good guides, whether you're stream fishing or whether you're lake fishing, think about these things. It's not about just catching the fish. There's so many other variables that come into play uh, when you're when you're fishing. And it's not you shouldn't just be charter. It's just even recreational fishermen. You need to think about this stuff before you you just go out there willy nilly just want to go catch fish. I had a dude who was he was a big boy, and this is probably 10 years ago right it doesn't matter and we had a storm where i look back and like all towards detroit ann arbor you know the extreme west end it was black and like you look the other way i mean it was one of those deals you didn't stop to take an instagram photo okay this before instagram but it was like this is serious shit like there was no right and so these guys it was a husband and wife they're like we gotta run we gotta run in well we're like 15 miles offshore or 15 to the dock and I said, no. And I put everything away because I knew we had time. Unlike some of them, you know, this one was maybe 40 miles, but it closed so much faster than I thought. And the long and the short was, I said, put your rain gear on. 
were staying. And they and they literally, they were really, really not happy with me. And I said, listen, there's no negotiations. This is what will happen. This is what's going to happen. Sue me, hate me later. This is what we're doing. And we yep. went and I put my trolling motor down on spot lock behind an island in like six, seven foot of water. And we, we waited it out. And dude, it rained. This was in the middle of the summer, thank God. Because one of these storms, you know, early and late. If this would have been like October or April... It's a bad, bad, bad deal, especially since it was, it, it went and it was warm out and it, you literally felt like you were in a freezer, you know, and it was raining so hard. You couldn't even have, you had to have your hands like this because it just hurt coming down. My bilge pumps were running and as the thunder started booming all around us, you know, I took the rods out, I put them down and I, like I told him, I said, dude, you can be on shore and it's the same result. Like we need to be the smallest target we need to be. And we can't run in this. I can't see anyhow. And they didn't realize, like, what was coming. Dude, you couldn't see barely off the bow of the boat. And the long and the short of it is this dude who was a big old boy, thank God it was, you know, back when I was still a little little stronger than I am now. And I ankle-picked this dude in the boat. My insurance guy's probably flipping out. I had to physically take him down. This dude who was, I'm going to say 6'2", 260, tried jumping in the lake. He started just screaming like a girl, and he tried jumping in the lake. And I, his wife was like... And I literally physically took this dude, ankle picked him, and pulled him down and literally like sat on him in the boat. And it was like, it's not, I mean, it, it's, it was scary because I'm like, what is this dude doing? He was just flipping out. And, and people react to these situations differently. And afterwards, it was fine. Like two minutes later, the storm whipped through, headed your way, and it was over with. And I'm like, dude, that's why we don't, we wouldn't have been in yet. And we would have been driving in an open water. Like we were protected. We, you know, we could have jumped off, been on the island if we wanted to get wet, but we were in this little bay. And, you know, again, that's where experience comes in. I knew where there was a beach with no rocks on it that I could get my boat and or us up there safely. And Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, um, you know, you, 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 we can't keep harping on this, but, man, you got to take it so seriously. I mean, and, and one thing I think it makes a really strong captain or a guide is when they know to say no and don't let their charter captains get the pressure of, you know, I'm the one paying you. Well, that is very true. And I'm all about the experience and the customer service aspect. But if I tell you as an, ex- an experienced professional, we should not be out here. That's what we're going to do. And, and those that are very strong to that, um, I think, again, they run very successful operations. And you just, you can't, you got to take this stuff very seriously. So I got a question for you. Have you oh. ever buried somebody on a lake? Buried? Like with water or? Yeah. Like, yeah, do a funeral on a lake. Dude, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, yeah, but even a guy that's, it's a really, I don't know how to say it, you know, I'm, but I've got a guy that just texted me. I mean, I don't know, and you didn't even know this about two weeks ago and his dad, he said, Hey, my dad's been moved to hospice. And the one thing that his dad always, because the two boys live across the country and you know, the dad basically said, we're going fishing on Lake Erie. And the dad loved the walleye fish. And obviously it's really good here, but they back where they're from, they have decent fishing and that, but it got all the boys together. And that was the trip that always made them do it. And the last couple of years, because of health and stuff, you know, they couldn't do it. And I just found out two weeks ago that, you know, the son said, hey, we'd be honored my dad wanted to do this. And I, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of got chills a little bit because yeah. these guys have done all kinds of stuff. And I'm not going to say any more than that because I don't want to out of respect for them. But, yeah, so I'm doing another one. And there is a lot of people that it means that much to them. 
Yeah, no question. I mean, I about uh, this this goes back about seven or eight years for me. Uh, the guy I fished with, Ken, and I, we had a guy called him, uh, or excuse me, yeah, his, his husband, uh, his uh, his wife had passed away, and their kids were up in Erie, and they wanted to do a burial out in, in Lake Erie. So, I mean, really didn't know what to think. So, I mean, yeah, we can do it, but I mean, this is not a this is not. I'm not trying to make light of the situation but this is the, the people were really good and there's a funny story in connection here uh so we go out there and they you know they have their urn and they do their thing and, and my understanding with these things is they're disposable or they they're degradable and over time they degrade and it's perfectly legal from what i understand to do so we go out and it's like two foot waves no big deal you know we go out we we, we get in a trough and you know they do we do their thing and it goes in the water and you know, we're just sitting there drifting away and you know, we're drifting faster than the urn is, 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 you know, is drifting. And, you know, we get to a point where like, we can barely see it. So we, we motor back up to it, you know, just, you know, we're just waiting for this thing to sink in and go to the bottom before we go in. Mm-hmm. So we do this, like, I'm not kidding, like three times. And we're out there for like 45 minutes. Did, I mean, I don't want to make light in the sea, but did the net handle come out? We're getting there. <laughs> we're getting there. <laughs> so, we go back up to it, and the, and the one son, he's like, you know, you know, it's not going down. I think we should maybe put a hole in it. And you know, I, you know, he's like, what do you think? I said, I don't know what these things are made out of. We can. So he's like, what do you have that we could potentially put a hole in this thing? I said, I got a screwdriver. So he takes a. <laughs> he takes this is a like screwdriver. a dump, this is like a dumpster fire. But I hate to even laugh because I feel like it's disrespectful. No, exactly. It's it's it. I don't want to make lighthearted of the situation because it's a, a very serious and issue. But they they were very good about it, and they were. But again, I'm going to get to the connection here in a little bit. And so he takes a screwdriver and pokes this hole in it. Well, when he pokes the hole, he puts it through his hand too. And he, and he gashes himself open. Oh so he's bleeding all over the place. Oh, my God. We get this we get this urn, and we're, you know, it's got a hole in it now, and we put it back over the water. We put it back in the water. The problem was when he put the hole in it, it was above the water line. So we're sitting there. We're drifting away again, and we're getting far. And, and now the guy's, like, getting mad. So he's like, we're getting this thing in, and this thing is going down. So we get back up to it. I net the dang urn with a net get it back up we put a bigger hole in it and finally it sinks and the and the daughter who was there she looks at me she goes yep mom was always that stubborn and uh it was just it was it was funny they made a great situation it was a very serious situation that they made uh it was it turned into a a laugh for them but the whole thing was just a complete debacle of trying to get this thing uh to go to the bottom of lake Erie. but man it was crazy and uh you, you don't forget those times that's for sure I know you sell tackle for a living, but the other thing I think is hilarious is what bugs you is miss. Now it does me too, but you're like even worse because I'm OCD, but I don't think you're nearly as OCD as I am. But when you get all bent out of shape with a, with a guy not having all matching gear, oh dude, like, what is it? Like I mean, I mean, I hate. Listen, I, I want to make this very clear. I am all about anybody getting into fishing, and, and they're you know they're you're getting set up, and, and you need to mix and match gear. When you take it and you're going to call yourself a charter captain and you go out there with, you got eight planer board rods and you got eight different reels and you got eight different rods. Come on, man. Like get it together. Number one, I don't think it like you're portraying like this. I just, I I don't, I just don't like it at all. Just to be very frank. I don't like it at all. It would be like going to an accountant who didn't have a calculator. 
exactly like number one i don't know if you've got like four different actions of rods and they're all different i don't it's kind of can be a little challenge to tell if you actually got a fish on one of them uh everything in my opinion should match especially once you get into the the charter level and the guide level and it's just one of my pet peeves that i have and uh, there's no question it can get under my skin we have some uh interesting conversations about it that's for sure oh that one's just so funny for me that's i i I mean, I get it, but it's just funny how, you know, certain things, how trip your trigger. And oh, I'm sure no question. producer dude probably has a few that he's watched with me. And he's like, what is your, well, he actually says, what is your deal? Like, what is this? Is this what I, I have no issue saying, what is your deal? Just trust me. He, he goes, what is your, you know, that's his thing. Cause he's like, why, why is this an issue? And it's just, I don't remember what, what any would be. What you got any? I, I don't, I can't think. Thank God. <laughs> but I know, I know, it's, I know it's happened many times. Like, what are you doing? But part, part of it too, is me and him. I mean, obviously, like sidebar, me and him work better together now than I think even when we had the TV show. You know, we're doing different projects, the podcast, stuff like this. But, you know, he's not a fisherman. And now he sees these things. And even like when we've got one of the guys that's a guest or whatever doing this with us in the boat, he's seeing things a lot more knowing just what's going to happen. And that's kind of cool, too, because, again, he's not a fisherman. He's not going fishing Monday through Friday on his own. But he he sees, he kind of knows Right, I've, I've learned to look at the graph, right? And, okay, I got to get the camera ready to go because we're going through a pod. I didn't used to do that. I mean, yet. literally, actually, truly, yesterday we shot a deal, and I was uh, I was screaming at him because I'm like, we got to go, we got to go. I marked this pod, and it was really short, three, 400 yards or whatever long. And, dude, they were loaded up. And I told him, I said, this is going to be guns out or they're not walleyes, and then it's nothing. But we literally, guys were hadn't, the guys that had been out for an hour hadn't even set up because they just, the, the fish disappeared. And right. I think as it turned out, they went to the bottom because we had system change current and all that stuff. But nevertheless, we went through, and the long and the short is we were running four boards on each side. And we had five fish on in like two seconds. And it was one of those deals where right before it happened, I looked over because I set up and there was nothing on the screen. And... Oh. I, we started to come into them because I want to give us, as you know, enough time to set up and, and get things rolling. We got when you're filming a show, it's not like guiding or fishing a tournament or me and you fun fishing. It's just not, and it's hard as hell for me to accept that. I think I'm better at it. Producer dude will tell you barely, probably. <laughs> you do all right. You're getting there. But we always argue. He fights for production. I fight for fish. I always tell him if we don't catch fish, we don't got no show. And he says we don't have a good show if you don't do what the hell I tell you. So my favorite was the was the, the night show right with the lights. Like, oh. Ross, I can't shoot, I cannot shoot video at midnight out on the lake without some light. Because when, yeah, I mean, we're going off, I mean, talking about going off like an OCD all over the place here, ADD, we, we, total digress, we were filming a night show and we got in the skinny water and I'm like, if you turn the lights on, we ain't going to catch anything. And he goes, how in the hell are we supposed to shoot a show that I'm like, wait till we get them on and I'll try to bring us out. And he's like, are you insane? <laughs> and then there was other boats. That once you have this floodlight on, right. They're like, just dive bombing us. Know. And I'm like, are you happy now, bro? <laughs> How many fish are we going to catch? I mean, this, I mean, here's another one. Like, I went, we went night fishing. What dude, this is, this goes back quite a while, six, seven years ago. The one time that Ross and I ever walleye fished, we catch this nice fish. And we're taking a, I'm taking a picture of it from Ross and Ross is like freaking out because I don't get in the right angle. I had to take the picture like six times. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm all I'm doing is freaking taking a picture here. You're wigging out over it. He's impatient. I mean, Very that's, impatient. yes, yes. Actually, work you know, on that. No, 
You know what? Pop calling the kettle. Just because I got one guy that's going to side with you right now, you are the same damn way. Not at all. But anyway, getting back to giving credit actually to the guy that's going to probably chew me here is, so we were going through and I look over at the graph and here they come, right? They're on there. And so in 10 seconds, the lure is going to be coming across them and it just pandemonium. There's one. There's one. There's one. All of a sudden, we got five out of six rolling and I'm telling them because again, you know, people... Again, I don't expect anybody to be like, oh, woe is me. But when you're filming, you can't say stuff because it's in there. Like, hey, did you get my good side or are you getting this? Like, you can't cut that stuff out. We want this to be live and real. Like, we pride ourselves on We're not going to have the best everything, but it's real as hell. And I said to him, and he goes, I already got it. Like, this is yesterday. He panned to the screen because boom, and it went right over. And he's like, dude, we just hit the mother load. So stuff like that, you know, we're working better with. But... But filming stuff is really, really challenging. I mean, it uh, really, I, really is. I give I give anybody uh, that produces video at, at the quality that you guys and, and others do. Like the one in the hunting space, it just it it's crazy to me as the juries and what they do. Uh, just the level of it's one thing to shoot a, a deer on camera to the level of deer that they're shooting on camera. It's so different what you guys are doing with fishing, like. There is a lot that goes into it. It's just not about getting a, a camera and, and throwing up a. You know, a quick video. There is so much to it, and I give I give you guys a ton of uh, compliments on that. I mean, what are some other things to the charter deal? I mean, I, I think like right now, one of the things that I know me and you differ. You actually have an interesting stance on it, which is I find really unique because I don't want to say you're a company guy, but you know, you're you're definitely a you're one of, one of the drivers at Fish USA. Custom colors. I own hundreds of refronters. I own hundreds of custom painted baits and regular stuff. There are certain colors that just flat out work. Like you paint this color that's factory on company A and you have it custom painted on some other, you know, I mean, whatever bait. I mean, I don't know if you know number. I actually don't want you to say numbers, but like baits that you guys sell, like that are straight chrome or straight clear, they're probably your top selling skew because of guys just painting. Am I accurate? That's 100% accurate. No question about Jigging it. wraps, what, whatever it is. Yeah, whatever it is. Yep. Yeah, so, there's, there's truth to that. So, but well, I guess where I'm going is, so there's certain patterns that I have that, like, I've painted that on a different manufacturer because that bait's a different whatever, r- roll, wobble, right? Different deal, different depth. And you just smoke them on that. And then you have some that just don't seem to work like that. You know, I work with Silver Streak Lures, and, and they paint me a lot of custom stuff in spoons. And it is amazing sometimes what I see, what, what makes a difference or what doesn't. You know, because I may have... Like we've got this color, um, big water blue that's that's coming out, and we did like four or five different variations of it, and there it came down. Like we put little numbers on them. Like there's kind of a system to this whole deal, and there is one phase of this that doesn't look that much different. But as you hand it out to different captains, they all come back and say this variation outfishes it a lot. And and I'm not talking with these other guys. Like this is their experience, what the fish tell them. Yeah. And so, no, custom painting is, there's no question. It's, it's, it's a trend here to stay. I don't, I don't see it going away anytime soon. And my take on, on custom colors is, um, do I think you need them personally? No, I don't at all. Um, do I think it's great for the industry? I think it's great for business. Absolutely. Um, my, my take, my, you know, my professional fishing opinion is it's all about getting the, the baits at the, at the right depth, um, at the right speed. Uh, is much more important than color. There's no question color matters. I 100% agree with that. Do I think that, you know, this dot pattern 
works better than that one personally no i don't um we're about to wrestle on this ross and we, i know we're we because i'm going to i'm just going to go back to yesterday and give you an example but i'm listening go ahead it's it's before i go like i look at you know what you know from a sales standpoint of what's really been around for the years what's what's our what's number one selling colors blue and chrome black and chrome it's the same stuff that's been used for how many years is it are we actually just using the same stuff like when these these trends in custom painting are we catching more fish because that's what we're actually using and not using the colors that have worked for how many years what actually is it i think it's a combination of things um and don't get me wrong i i think the the custom painters that are out there are phenomenal they do amazing work they're extremely talented my personal opinion putting business aside is it doesn't matter nearly as much as getting the, the bait at the proper depth and the proper speed i agree with all that and, and i think we're probably on the same page more than you think but i think that you know as i do seminars and stuff like you said the location i get guys that don't even want i'm trying to tell them in seminars about you know like tuning lures and they're just they're tuned out of it pun intended and it's like, dude, you're you're worried about asking me what color custom crankbaits I use, but you don't know how to tune a crankbait. Like an untuned crankbait isn't going to get you there if you have the right color. But I think it's something that we like to, you know, fix on because it's kind of fun and cool. Yeah, uh, no question. But, but just like yesterday, you know, I had just being real. When you get so many fish on, when you're shooting videos and doing like what we're doing, it doesn't matter. You know, and if you catch another 20 of the same size fish, like you just run out of need, the need for them. So... And, and at heart, you know this, I'm a donkey hunter, I call them. I like catching big ones. So you start doing things because I've noticed that certain colors at certain times of year in certain water clarities or temperatures, they do better for whatever reason. No explanation, but I know that it generally is a pattern. And yesterday we had two of my colors that were, they're, they're good. They weren't that much different than what we were using. They never touched a fish up or down in the middle of that melee. And, you know, I had our, the guy with me. I'm like, take him off. You know, and I had a couple of extra ones laying there. And immediately, you know, we caught a good fish on that bait that we swapped off, you know, going through the same little pod. And you just go, really? Like, because you had this dot and this extra purple or not enough? Really? Because the, the variety of colors that we caught him on just yesterday was so weird. Yeah, there's, yeah, that's, that's one thing that's always intriguing to me is, um, you know, the, how some, how some days differ from, I mean, with the exact same conditions day after day, I mean, there's no question I've seen, you know, I'm just going to use the example of a pur purple, uh, refronter versus a blue refronter. One day, one crushes them the next day, the other one crushes them. And, you know, everything just seems to be, everything changes from day to day. And that is a hundred percent truth. And I, and there is, I don't have an explanation as to why with the exact same conditions, um, same water clarity, same current, same everything. Um, it was, it's one of the things I do a lot of salmon fishing too. And, and one of the things that I see all the time is a one day spoons out produce the out, out fishing meat rigs and flies and vice versa. And again, exact same conditions. I think the fish are, they're temperamental just like humans are. Um, you know, I, they're not, they don't think the same. I don't believe that fish think the same every single day. I think they think different every single day, just like we do. And, you know, it's, it's just a unique perspective. I always like getting people's perspective, you know, too, with, with what we're dealing with on Lake Erie, there's so many fish, you know, I think color becomes less important because there's so many, um, when I think it definitely means more once, um, you know, there's not nearly as many fish and you really got to dial it in again, there's times, you know, during the summer where anybody can catch them, you can catch them on a hot dog, 
And there's days it's a lot more challenging, no question about it. And that's where you got to really fine tune your game. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just, I'm a big believer on in the progression of, of somebody that wants to be a really good angler, understanding the way currents work, understanding trolling speed, understanding where your baits are in the water column is so, so critical. And you're going to catch so many more fish, fish once you figure out before you start really getting, you know, technical and to your credit, Ross, I mean, I think it's a little bit different in my opinion for you, you've done all your homework and you've done all these things. You're in the fine tuning stage of your, your game and your craft. So I think it's a little bit different for everybody. I just don't, I don't like seeing anglers get so fixated on just the color fine tuned. You know, how important is a fish hawk to somebody? To, to an angler on Lake Erie or Lake Ontario. To me, much more important than a color is. Back when I started, it had been a little before your time, we had basic stuff, right? Like the Rapala Shad Raps were working. Well, then Storm kind of came in, and they started, They became popular even before Reef Runner with offering charter captains to make their own colors. If you buy this many, we're going to make it. Well, then all of a sudden, when they're selling thousands of a color, they made that color available yep. to everyone. And, you know, they were the first company, I think it's safe to say, that really had crazy amounts of colors. Well, then they get taken over by Rapala. They kind of narrow that down because Rapala's like, we don't play that game. Yep. But you look at those colors that were kind of natural stuff, like some of the regular Rapala stuff. Then we went into, I call it the Tutti Fruities, right, on Lake Erie as far as preference baits. And then we got into a little while ago and, and during your time where, like, the, the Reef Runner bare naked stuff really kind of changed and the baits you know and even some of the old bombers and some of those other baits that had those semi-transparents or inserts in them that was the deal man and no i can even remember talking with scott we've had him on the podcast at reef runner where he goes i can't sell a chrome bait and chrome's there more you know vacuum plate and all that stuff it takes more time and money to do that and it got to the point where like chrome baits weren't in his top 20 or 30 colors as far as sales and they kept getting away from it but then guess what happened you know the game changed and now Chrome stuff, you know, we caught them on a lot of white yesterday, but chrome stuff is the deal. No question. And it's funny, you know, from Pennsylvania to me, I mean, we're a hundred and some miles apart and it can be very different, but it can be very similar. And that evolution in colors, like now Reef Runner, you know, he's bringing back some, some chrome stuff. Other manufacturers are bringing a lot of chrome. Um, when they roll out their new colors, there's a lot more chrome in it because Lake Erie is, is so big and so many people come here from out of town. They're literally influencing you know, the color patterns on what the manufacturers are offering. No question about it. You know, one thing that's always unique too, and I think you can appreciate this, Ross, and we've talked about this before. And, and when it comes to color, when you, and we, the, the perfect example of this is the purple demon reef runner, how the old one versus the new one, it is different. There's no question about that. It's a diff, totally different shade. And, and I think too, I mean, and you've seen this before, you can have two of the exact same baits that look identical and there's one that catches way more fish and there's something about the bait, whether it's uh, the way that the rattles or something, even it might've been a, a malfunction with the, with the molding process, something about that bait just gives it a little different action. I have seen that so many different times where one specific bait, you know, again, the same color, same bait, but there's one in particular that just outproduces everything else. 100% agree, but I think that's changing. And here's my my hypothesis on that. Back when I started, you know, the number nine shatter rep was a bait we used a lot. And those are out of balsa. They can take on water. There's different, you know, densities of balsa from this, this piece to that piece. 
And I mean, assuming tuning's not coming into play, right? And Reefrunner, I mean, Reefrunner is, you know, the crankbait that kind of blew up Erie, right? I mean, that, that was in that trolling evolution. There wasn't a lot of crankbaits. I know you could argue that a little bit, but there, it wasn't to the, the extent that they are now. Right. And Reefrunners are basically, literally, I've been there in Marblehead. They're putting them together. I mean, those are they were hand done. And now they've changed things a little bit. And some of those companies that have that where it's a little more assembly line and a little less homegrown, and Reefrunner has even changed. I know that some of the, the processes they do so that the things are more uniform because anybody that's ever tuned to crankbait knows you barely move that thing and it's a world of difference. It doesn't even make sense. You know, you barely tweak yep. that. And I think nowadays that it doesn't matter as much as, as it did. But a funny story just here a month ago, I've got a lure, literally one individual lure that was my money. It was I call it my paper bait. Like I'd pull that thing out when things are a little tough, right? I got boxes of those. Well, you start looking at these baits, and it was so chewed up. And this one had an insert in it, so you could see in it. And I was catching them on 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 one of those. And so I put another one out, which happened to be the paper bait, because I don't run that all the time. And I caught nothing on it, like zero. Like, everything's catching but that. And I'm like, what the hell? And I bring the thing in, and I start looking, you know, because I'm like Gilman, right? I'm just 100,000 miles an hour. It's like a, like a cat or a chicken with its head cut off. And I look at it, and I can see a little rust in there on the BBs. Well... I had caught so damn many fish on this thing, the hook hangers had become loose from getting ripped on and twisted. Yep. Water was was seeping in there. Not enough to, to, to go anywhere, but enough moisture got in there that that bait wasn't wobbling the same. I literally yep. took that thing off. I broke the bill in the boat, so there was no <laughs> mistaking me using this again. I call that's a keychain. That's what the hell that thing is. It is. I've got my five bucks out of that thing, and I put another brand new one on, you know, in the compartments, a nice shiny one, and almost immediately I'm, I'm whacking them. So. Again, to your point of the stuff earlier, yeah, having orange bellies or chrome or this or that at times matter, but realistically, if that bait's not tuned or you aren't paying attention to those little things, I'm just telling you people, you're wasting your time. The, f- the fine details, especially especially in trolling, make the, the biggest difference. 90% of what we do, what everybody who's trolling does is almost the same. You know, we put the lines out X amount of feet, we're using the same line. It's that extra 10% that to me, it makes the total difference of understanding truly where that bait is at, understanding uh, the speed and the currents and your trolling speed on top versus what's happening down below. That stuff 100% matters, and that's what separates the really good fishermen from from the average fisherman. I'm setting myself up so bad because I'm here. I'm here for everybody's entertainment. Give me in short, what producer dude? What's, <laughs> what? I'm leaning in. I'm ready. <laughs> Yeah, he's ready to smoke me. He's already got the edit, edit keys ready. As I know you don't deal with the pro staff, but let's be realistic. When things are going down, contracts are getting signed and stuff, you're involved. So the difference between bass, walleye, and I'm going to say even kayak guys. Oh, boy. I mean, I know what I think. It, but it, I, it, yeah, we all know what you think. Bass holes. <laughs> Anyhow, so, but I... Mm, mm, Bass, walleye, and then we'll even throw kayak in there because they're almost like a different, like kayak and... Oh, very different. I mean, they're a little granola but go ahead. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think from, you know, before I get to the the pro staff uh, people, just how different these categories are and how the different anglers um, talk to each other, work with each other. Again, we're all fishermen, but I can tell you uh, with 100% confidence... 
Uh, people like myself, I consider myself a, uh, a walleye angler. We're very different than somebody that's a kayak fisherman or a bass fisherman. They're so totally different in how they talk to each other. Um, one thing that's unique about the kayak fishing community that I thought was really cool, and I experienced this when I went to uh, the national championship a couple years ago, is those guys, they're like brothers and sisters to each other. Like they are, they would do anything. And I mean, I'm not kidding you, like anything for each other. Like the com- camaraderie that the, that group has versus, you know, even the walleye anglers. And there is the camaraderie. I don't want, don't misunderstand what I'm saying, but the whole level from what I saw and that's the unique thing and the unique perspective that I get to have is to see and work with these different anglers and really understand what makes these people tick. That's a really unique opportunity that I have. And to be able to talk like people like Ross or talk to people like uh, Chad Hoover across the board, it's just, it's a very unique opportunity that I get to have. And I, I couldn't be more grateful to work with these people because it helps me understand uh, these different industries and different categories that we're in. So do you think that maybe kayak guys are more like musky guys? They're a lot more, I would say that they're a lot more open. They're, they're, they, they love to talk to each other. Like musky guys just don't like, they don't talk about baits. They don't talk about what they're catching them on. Everything is so secretive um, where that's not the case in, in bass fishing. Um, well, I think technologies, yeah, technologies, technology has oh. made it where they can't be. I mean, you got score trackers and cameras in your in your boat or kayak. I mean, they can't hide nothing. It's crazy. It's totally crazy. I mean, the thing that's unique about that space with kayak is it's it's growing, and there's no secret about that. It is. I mean, people on Lake Erie are doing it. They're fishing for walleyes, and I think it's great. I think it's phenomenal for the for the average day for the average anger that wants really wants to get in it and get set up for five thousand bucks. Man, they can have everything that they want. It's kind of like ice fishing. You know, it's, it's a very affordable sport, and to have really the top gear, you can do it very affordably. But, no, I mean, the people in the pro staff, when I get to, you know, start talking about the pro staff, um, again, the one common denominator with all the pro staff is they all got big egos, um, and which is, it's a blessing, it's a good thing, and it's a bad thing. You know, the good part is they've got great ideas. Uh, the bad part sometimes is, can all this be executed? That's the question mark sometimes. So, no, no shot at you, Ross. Uh, uh, just... Uh, just pointed out for uh, for folks like you. Yeah, that that is his line, folks. In meetings, he'll always say, "You can always have these pipe dreams, but can we execute it?" That's Doug's standard line. Like he could just hold it up on a piece of paper. Yes, and, is this actually executable, Ross? Yeah, and I'm like, okay, let's do. It. And you're like, Ross, that's a great <laughs> idea, but can we execute it? But then exactly. you know, I always just flip around and I'm like, I can execute it. Are you yeah. gonna, Are you going to give me the rope, baby? Exactly. It's so easy. It just sounds so simple. But uh, uh, no, I, you know, it's, it's been phenomenal. Um, and again, there's, it's not, you know, there's, there's challenges with pro staff too. And that's the reality. Um, you know, there's, there's some, just because you're a great fisherman does not mean you're, in my opinion, considered somebody that's a great pro staffer. There's some really, what I would say are average anglers that are phenomenal pro staff folks. Um, there's great anglers that aren't phenomenal pro staff people just because you're a good angler doesn't doesn't mean that uh you're going to fit on somebody's pro staff very well so it's just you know I, I get a unique opportunity to work with a lot of different people across a number of different categories within the fishing market and um it's it's a great opportunity that i have i mean i think i'm number one in your mind well i mean you are like what 241 and what apple 
deal we were talking about but earlier. That's in the wilderness. I mean, I don't feel like I'm even in the right category. I feel like we should have our own category. But the hey, Ross I mean, category. You, you and I got the wilderness look going on. I mean, Dude, I think that's why you're you're pretty toned down, actually. Yeah, I I I, I had um, yeah, I was starting to get comments, which makes me just <laughs> want to make it bigger, you know. But I'm surprised I, you I, let somebody's comment get to you, Ross. It, it didn't. It just got. It, what I did was for No Shave November. You know, I did went through that, and then what I start is because I haven't shaved yet. I start my um, I start my ice fishing beard. It's kind of like that's my thing. Is that what you're going with? What, one of my one of my clients. <laughs> it was a girl. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> is that yeah. what you're going with, Ross? <laughs> one of my clients sent me a picture. Nested, I don't know if it was Game of Thrones or somebody, some Viking dude, you know, standing up there, and he just looked all blow. And, and honestly, the guy did kind of look the same. It was just a ginger warrior looking guy, and I thought, yeah, you know, I I could deal with that. Some Viking Slayer guy. I, I'm good with that. Nice. Any other words of wisdom you'd like to leave us? I can't believe that this didn't get naughtier than it did. It was actually enjoyable, to be honest. Was it really? Well, and it's for, kind of shocking. It was enjoyable for like this pillow over here or something. But <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, uh, you know, I think it's at the end of the day, um, you know, just you know, been it's been a phenomenal ride uh, working with with folks like for yourself. And I hate, hate to admit that sometimes, and I kind of stumbling over my words here, just even talking about you. Um, but no, I, you know, I, I'm looking forward to continue to grow in the fishing industry and and uh, working with with more people like like yourself and keep the ball rolling and and uh have some fun i feel likewise i feel like after this podcast we'll, we might crack the top thousand <laughs> well i don't know we're already 241 that would be going backwards that's what i mean oh, okay that's what i mean we're gonna drop 800 after this one <laughs> 241 <laughs> any rate I want to thank you all for listening, watching, whatever it may be. Make sure you go to bigwaterfishing.com. Look us up on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Google us. I always tell everybody, we're everywhere but the jail. And we're going to try to keep it that way, but just barely so we can have a lot of fun. Doug, thank you for coming on. We'll probably not do this again, but we may. You never know. I say the same thing to everybody, so don't get too butthurt. But um, you want to leave us with anything else? I mean, is there any wise wisdom you just feel like? Ross, people... he's given enough wisdom. I mean, <laughs> I mean, wisdom I mean what else? Would, what do you want him to say at this point? I just want to. I want yeah. him to hang himself. I want him to say something, and then when I'm sitting in the meeting, and I'll be like, say "Remember it. when Doug said?" Man, I thought I already gave, gave you a lot of the, the good yeah. stories that I have. I'm, I'm really not a. Uh, I don't have a ton of stories, Ross. I mean, I'm... at any rate. All right, say goodbye. Bye, bye, Doug. Bye, <laughs> bye, Ross. <laughs> <laughs>